Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long distance besties everywhere. <laughs> I'm Ann Friedman. <laughs> and I'm Aminatu, so. <laughs> I'm dying at sexy voice. I'm drinking a very full bodied red right now, and that paired with the voice. This isn't my sexy voice, Am. This is my Ricola voice. Oh, <laughs> uh, stop. On this week's agenda, Chewbacca Mask Lady and other internet lols. This week in menstruation, what the Pope has to do with getting a period if you're on the pill, why so many incompetent men become leaders, <laughs> related Ivanka's dad's $60,000 weave, the vegan Bernie Madoff and other vegan lols, and some tweets from Helen Hunt. And Amina complains. And Amina complains about everything. <laughs> How are you doing other than feeling Ricola? I guess not feeling sexy. Uh, I'm having the worst day. That's my um that's my like equivalent of that lady who does the Chewbacca mask voice, except she's so happy. I'm like, I am so frustrated. <laughs> oh, I'm such a happy Chewbacca! <laughs> Can I tell you, I'm not sure I understood the Chewbacca mask video fully. Mm, Okay, tell me. Maybe I didn't, because I didn't watch it while I was stoned. I find it totally delightful, but like not next level virality. So right before I was talking to you, I was scrolling Facebook and I saw that like Mark Zuckerberg had invited her to like Facebook and she was looking so happy and great. And I mean, like, I'm so happy for her, but I will confess to this. I have seen one Star Wars movie and I fell asleep. I think it was Star... Yes, it was Star Wars. It was the one with Natalie Portman and I fell asleep. Okay, well, there was your first problem starting with a Natalie no, Portman No, I know, Star but Wars. like, so what... No, but what I'm trying to confess to you, it's like, it's not that I'm not amused by it, is that I literally like have no reference point for like Star Wars. But here's the thing. I don't actually think... Like Shawnee had ever- to explain to me the difference between Star Wars and Star Trek because I kept like <laughs> conflating both of them. <laughs> But isn't this mostly just about the exuberance of, like, one woman in a mask? It's, like, not really about Star Wars. I literally don't have enough data points to explain it to you. Because I'm telling you that I just recently found out that, like, one of them is intergalactic space warfare and the other one is ISIS. Like, and I still can't tell you which is which. Well, here, let me let me hit you what I feel is the truth about the Chewbacca vid, which is that humans just like listening to other humans with good laughs. It's like there's something very like on a visceral level uplifting. And, you know, she all she does is laugh through the whole thing. And it reminds me of cult favorite series of YouTubes that I also love, which is a woman who identifies as a laughing therapist and just trains the camera on herself. <laughs> and she's like, she she dedicates her laugh to like different people who are going through a tough time. She's like, I got a friend with some health problems. This laugh is for you. And then she giggles for a straight two minutes. <laughs> and let me tell you, I feel like that is actually at its core, the appeal. Are you sure you're not just watching me? <laughs> there are some similarities. I won't lie. This is making me so uncomfortable. Laugh therapy. (laughs) Oh my god. I just... 
I don't, yeah, I just, today, today has been a challenging day for me. Well, maybe you need some laugh therapy videos. You need me to send some your way? Mm, no, it's not that kind of, you know, like, it's a kind, you know, like, sometimes you have a bad day and, like, secretly you just don't want to feel better about it. You want to wallow in it for a little bit. I understand. Today is one of those days for me. I'm like, I just want to be angry for, like, 12 more hours, and then it'll be better. What does the wallow look like? What form does it take? <laughs> just, like, you know, resting bitch face, like, times 10. I don't want to choose happiness today. I hope you're at least snacking. Oh, are you kidding me? Like, stress eating and stress napping all day. <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only redeeming part of this day. <laughs> I am physically incapable of stress napping. What? And when I'm stressed out, literally two things happen. I immediately get my period and then I pass out. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the whole world can be falling apart. And I'm like, what is that blood in my underwear? And it's like chunks. I imagine the 911 call. It's like, we found her in a pool of blood. We found her passed out. (laughs) (laughs) That's literally like, that's, that's always how I know I'm stressed out. Like some people cry. Me, I just like past like a ginormous blood clot and i'm like okay we're back oh man well here's to some good bleeding what do you want to talk about this week (laughs) oh my god there's so much to talk about what's going on what blew your mind this week um uh, no can i just tell you one of the reasons i'm annoyed (laughs) yeah and i just like i just want to share a thing that my mom used to always say that turns out that it's true Poor planning on your part will not create an emergency on mine. Mm. And today, there was a lot of poor planning that created emergencies for me. Wow. So, I'm just being a big baby today. I love it. Other people's problems is what you're saying. I know. I don't complain a lot. I wish I did. It feels great. (laughs) There's a reason people do it. Who knew? Mostly that and just like a lot of shopping. Oh, also when I'm stressed out, I shop a lot. That's true. That's what happened this week. Have you bought anything good? This is like, actually, we're living, we're living our commitment to asking you about opulence. I feel like it's going to be something opulent. Oh my God. I bought this like really great duster that has like a elephant prints on Mm, it. Love a duster. And then uh, it's really good. I'll link to it. Uh, and then what else did I buy? Oh, and then I bought like a very expensive face mask that I won't talk about because I'm, ex- I'm embarrassed at how expensive it is. I bought patio chairs this but week. I'll let you know if it actually works. Yeah. Patio chairs. You've been talking about that for like two Trust years. me. Congratulations. I know. To finally pull the trigger on two Adirondacks. It was like years in the making. <laughs> I feel great. This is like your Hank Hill moment. I know. This is huge. I know. I just like... Mazel tov. Thank you. I'm happy for you. Thank you. You're going to have to come have a cocktail on the other one. I can't wait. I can't wait. This is great. And then I pulled the trigger on this, my New Year's vacation. So I feel good. Which is? And then... Or do you not want to share? Do you want to keep it (laughs) low-key? I'm not going to geolocate myself. Uh, (laughs) It's low-key. It's somewhere warm and beautiful. It's in Mexico. It's like off of Puerto Vallarta. It's really funny. Mm. This resort, it's like, has the website has the worst copy um in the world but it's also like hilarious it's like written from the perspective of the resort itself so it's like come find me blah 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 like so bad but um it's hilarious because you like fly into puerto vallarta then you have to like drive to the beach and then you have to get on a boat for 30 minutes and then you have to hike in the jungle for 20 minutes and then you're like in the middle of this place and it has like its own little like the room has its own like little private pool 
and there's like nothing to do like there's not like a town to go to so it's like one week of like nothing i'm so excited Mm, dreamy I'm so excited. You know me. There's nothing I love more than doing nothing. Mm, this is a this is a core point of overlap between us. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like people who are like really into activities vacations. Uh, I can't handle activities vacations. Like that's called like personal enrichment and it's somewhere between a work trip and like I don't know what. But like it's it's definitely closer to work trip than it is to vacation. Yeah. Like even this place, it's like a production to get through. I was like, man, I was like boat, hike, they like send a mule to come get your luggage because like you can't carry it up yourself. It's like crazy. This is the only activity I'm doing all week mm. is like getting here. I support that. Now that I've, I mean, I've complained, corner is over. <laughs> that was like half the episode. I love it. I know. It's like, um, thanks for joining us on Call Your Girlfriend. Fast forward <laughs> to the 15 minute mark if you are interested in the news. <laughs> <laughs> What else is going on this week? Oh, I read that thing in NPR about how, you know, like, I mean, we all kind of already knew this and you like know more about this than all of us, but like how we're essentially creating fake periods because of the Pope and religion. And (laughs) okay, wait, back up. (laughs) I I like my own explanation of that. I'm just like, uh, like, okay. So I'm, since this is Amina's complaint corner, here's one thing that has always irked me is, uh, People who don't just like uh, when you're taking the pill packet, who take the placebo ones. I'm like, why are you doing this? You know that this is a fake period, right? I'm going to speak up for those people because sometimes it's an iron supplement and people need that. (laughs) And listen, as somebody who suffers from acute anemia, you know I want to agree with you. But as today, I'm just complaining. I'm going to disagree with you (laughs) and tell you that it's one of my like secret annoyances. Where I'm like, I'm just going to leave the closet and let the tape run. And it's actually just you the rest of the episode. (laughs) I know, it's just me like, today I'm just like letting out all my aggression. And then, (laughs) what what about the case that's like pregnancy check? Like, even though obviously you can still have a withdrawal bleed, can you still have a withdrawal bleed and be pregnant? Do you know this? I don't know this. This is not a medical advice show. For me, it was always like a, like, and and again, low science decision making. Just like, (laughs) okay, I'm going to make sure I'm not pregnant. Like, that's all. I know. I'm like, I'm telling you, listen, full disclosure, I'm being the most unreasonable human today. Fair. Okay, now explain what the Pope has to do with this. So really, what is going on? You can choose to like suppress your menstrual cycle, obviously, like some people like me do, because you take the like hormone pill for like 21 days. And then instead of like doing the sugar pill, you just like continue, you just like pop the next packet. But it just so turns out that that sugar pill has, like, a very nefarious, like, reason for being there. Which is? (laughs) Do you want me to take over here? (laughs) Yes, please. I just grabbed my face and I put my head in my shirt. I'm, like, doing my, like, temple grand So, get in your comfort hoodie. And essentially, the the sort of, the the development of the birth control pill is infuriating on about 10 million different levels. But... One of the levels is at a certain point. So there was kind of like this initial rogue scientist guy who had been fired from Harvard who 
Margaret Sanger approached and was like, hey, do you think you might want to try to make me a birth control pill? That guy's research only took it so far, and then they had to pull in someone else. And that someone else ended up being this Catholic doctor named John Rock, who had been studying infertility and who figured out that the same hormones he was giving women to try to make them pregnant could probably be administered slightly differently and make them not pregnant, like make them not ovulate. Yeah, how do you know so much about this? Because I read a book called The Birth of the Pill. <laughs> Listen, um, I'm, I'm setting you up for this. <laughs> how do I know everything from reading it in a book, not from any other way? But like that guy, and because he was actually like a pretty like devout Catholic, which like, oh, it's just so delicious. I love that a Catholic doctor like was instrumental to the creation of the birth control pill. Anyway, he... A scandalo. A scandalo. But he was like, women, I think would be more likely to take this if it sort of felt like nothing was different, i.e. if they get, like, five days of bleeding in the middle of their month, which I think has some basis, not not the pandering to religion part, but in terms of psychologically what feels normal, and I'm, like, air-quoting normal, to women who are used <laughs> to getting a period. <laughs> I mean, there's also all kinds of fucked up stuff with the creation of the pill. Like when they got to the point where they needed test subjects, they went to Puerto Rico where contraception was legal and they were like, huh, yeah, like definitely we can just like coerce some Puerto Rican women into just taking this, right? Like they won't put up a fight. So fucked up. Oh um, my God. And they did. And so the researchers were then like, huh, I guess we have to force women who are institutionalized in this mental institution to take it and there was even this class of women in medical school in san juan who were told you have to be test subjects for this trial and and when they were like no we don't want to be guinea pigs for the birth control pill they like were forced to quit the program like super super fucked up stuff they eventually found like some willing test subjects after it showed that it was like working you know, like horribly nefarious means by which so many women ended up actually eventually getting contraception. Oh my God. My blood pressure is just rising. Thank you for walking us through that when I could not. (laughs) I mean, anyway, so yeah, like definitely that whole withdrawal bleed Catholicism thing is part of it, but I do recommend the book. It's really interesting because it will make you, at least my takeaway was that other scientific advancements that really serve decoupling kids and like women's lives or like, you know, essentially like doing what the birth control pill did politically are so difficult to come by. I mean, it was like decades and decades of work with some like seriously shady, terrible shit in order to get what most women will tell you is a bad solution. <laughs> like just like, oh yeah, like contraceptive pill is serviceable. I know, right? It's like, it's shocking that we're still using the like shitty solution. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like nothing has changed. Truly, there have been no other like fundamental breakthroughs since the early 60s. That's crazy. They try to do that one where they would like uh, put it in your arm and then they have to like cut everybody's arm open to get it out. Oh my God, Norplant? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. But it's all based on the same science. Like it's all basically based no, totally. on the Catholic doctor's hormonal science. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Yo, shout out Catholic doctors. I mean, refuse to shout out Catholic doctors, but, (laughs) you know, shout out Catholic doctors who are researching contraception. I will do that. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Shout out. Shout out. That's crazy. Okay. What else? What else is going on? Tell me. Tell me Oh my God. Um, So my most delightful read of the week was an article from 2013. (laughs) 
<laughs> which let's be real like sometimes i get really frustrated with like the the internet like only what is new i'm like you know what like sometimes a harvard business review from 2013 has information that's relevant to my life you know harvard business review is like a very like that's my feminist bible I know. But anyway, the headline of this article is why do so many incompetent men become leaders? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The article is like delicious top to bottom, including the like Dilbert cartoon. (laughs) Oh, and it's not so much that it contains revelations where I'm like, really? I had no idea. It's more of a confirmation that what you're experiencing if you're dealing with an incompetent male boss is like a phenomenon that has been documented by researchers outside of you. It's real. Like that's, that's the purpose of this article. Yeah. That article is like imprinted in my brain. It just like really calls out our societal inability to like make a distinction between confidence and competence. Mm. The article makes this like really compelling case that we're fooled into believing that men are better leaders because of that, right? And so there's like that whole aspect of it, which is hilarious. And if you're a woman who has like worked with just like some loud dude who keeps stealing your ideas in meetings and you're like rolling your eyes, you're like, tell me something, I don't know. But the other thing I think that like it touches on, right, like really subtly is just kind of this like another reason why like things like leaning in don't work, you know? Because yep. here are all of the, ad, the the odds that are stacked against you is that you can, like, lean in until you fall over. But the truth is that, like, society is terrible. Right. And also, I mean, part of this is a vocabulary issue. If, like, if lean in is something that you interpret as act like really successful men and put in the same hours and kind of adopt that veneer of overconfidence, even in areas where you don't know much, it's like... That is not a way to success. However, like actually being yourself. I mean, there's all these statistics in the article that is like, yeah, I'm just going to read you the line. There is now compelling scientific evidence (laughs) for the notion that women are more likely to adopt more effective leadership strategies than do men. Oh my God. But also like the other part of this article that is imprinted in my brain, right? is just like thinking about how there are no obstacles for incompetent men in the workplace. Whereas, like, there are many obstacles for competent women. Right. I mean, it's ultimately depressing. <laughs> like, yeah, not, which is, like, not, crazy. Yeah, Yeah, it it's is. like, what's the line? It's like, it's like, the results is a pathological system that rewards men for their incompetence while punishing women for their competence to everybody's detriment. It's like, no! <laughs> but also, like, so well-lived. You know, I, I remember the day that this article dropped on the internet. It's like, every woman was just like, yep. Yep, yep. Tell me something I don't know. You know, there are some evergreen things on the internet. Like, I tell myself things disappear after a week online, or, like, there's, they do not have a forever no, shelf life. No, this, like, you'll be talking to your grandchildren about this. It's true. And, yeah, and it's just, I don't know, you're right. Ultimately, the takeaway is kind of depressing, but, like, in an immediate frustrating situation, sometimes there's nothing that feels better than, like, science supports your frustration. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like it also has Trump implications. Oh, it has so many implications, you know? But I think, too... Ivanka's dad is the ultimate in this. Oh, my God. Ivanka's dad. Oh, an, a great article was actually about Ivanka's dad's, uh, his weave. It's crazy. He wears a $60,000 weave, according to Gawker. It was like a very compelling reportage. I think everybody should read it. Yeah, but I mean, okay, but here's also what I want to know is like all the people who have like signed NDAs about helping him with his hair. Honestly, like 
this is maybe Gawker's best work. It's crazy. I don't agree with calling it a weave, mm. you know, but it's definitely, um, I just think that, you know, like that's some semantics we can parse later. Sure. But the technology behind it is crazy. And then there's this like incredible video montage of like every time he like plays with his hairline and he asks people to come touch it. Like he like calls people up from the stage in his, uh, at his rallies to come do it. And then he also has like a long history of doing it. There's like, he's doing it to Larry King. He's like, he's doing it to Megyn Kelly. It's so funny. Can I tell you that like Trump's hair is actually my most favorite thing about him? Maybe the only thing I truly like about him is like, I'm like, like on some level, the idea of men having to pay as much attention to their appearance or, you know, I mean, he doesn't really acknowledge the amount of time and the money that goes into it. But like, let's be real. We all know. I kind of love that. Yeah. It's also maybe the only luxurious thing about him. Ugh, I was I like, know. let's be real here. But I, I love this. This made me laugh so hard. It's like some like extensive like r- reporting on this. You should check it out. I mean, I, I only read the subhead. And you should like you should get like a big glass of wine and read the whole thing. It's amazing. Okay. I'm afraid it's gonna make me like him more. Mm, sure. <laughs> 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 it's like if I found out that like like he wore Spanx or something, I would just be like, I don't know. There's something about the like that performance for you know. I'm gonna say it here on Call Your Girlfriend first. Donald Trump probably wears Spanx. Oh my god, I cannot wait to reference this moment, like this exact minute mark when the news breaks that Trump wears Spanx, like yeah. a full body Spanx suit. Probably, probably. Like, there's <laughs> nothing past him. He's so, he, he's so vain. Are you kidding? He borrows them from Ivanka. <laughs> yeah, right. It, you know, it's like the mark of a man who is like always uh, talking about women's appearances as a way to like hide his own insecurity about his own appearances. Oh God, I hope that's true. And then like, like, leech a little bit of social acceptance like from these very kind of like rubber stamp approved very beautiful women i'm kind of obsessed with like men's fear of going bald because i feel that it's like one you know it's like one way that they can like identify with like like society's pressures on women Mm -hmm. but the truth is like there's nothing wrong with being a bald guy there's like hot bald guys everywhere there's just you know like i mean like women case in point the tooch (laughs) exactly the tooch uh (laughs) You know, like, there's so many, so many, I won't even get into it. You know, it's like hair, hair is like the one vanity that like so many like guys have. And I'm like, well, but the truth is that like, you know, if you're in a hetero relationship, like most women like don't mind the hair. It's like, what is ridiculous is trying to hold on to hair that's not there. And that's what like Trump's hair, like, that's why it makes me so happy. I'm like, you have gone to like so many extremes to just do this. It's like if you had no hair and nobody would care except for you because you're a piece of shit dirtbag who like judges people by what they look like. Although speaking of scientific innovation, if someone figured out how to transplant back hair to the head, they would make so much money (laughs) of like the wealthy, like one percenter men of at least America for sure. Oh my God. You wouldn't have to spend like $60,000 on like this, like insane contraption. Yeah. You're just like, it's my back hair. See how thick and lustrous it is. (laughs) (laughs) Or, or the hair formerly known as my back hair. Oh (laughs) my God. That's so crazy. A back weave. It's a free idea. (laughs) Oh my God. Free ideas. (laughs) Somebody take it and run with it. (laughs) 
it's just crazy to me that a 69 year old man is like is he 69 he's gotta be older than that actually i have no idea (laughs) let's do this donald trump age 69 69 that's (laughs) allegedly i want to see a long i feel like i just want a google gunfight I know. It's like like a 69-year-old man is like trying to fool everybody into believing that he has a full head of hair. It's like, sir, come on now. Okay, speaking of hilarious crooks, did you hear about the vegan Bernie Madoff? Anne, Anne, Anne. Okay, you know how I was so angry earlier? Everything has dissipated. This is my favorite story ever. There's two big vegan stories this week, actually. Okay, well, I only know about one who is a New York raw organic vegan restaurant entrepreneur who who also had a mail-order snack business. So, you know, diversified vegan entrepreneur. It's so real. Ran off with lots of money that she owes her former employees, which is like, you know, sad and terrible. But like, there's something about the phrase vegan Bernie Madoff. I know, which means it like means that she's like objectively worse than Bernie Madoff. Wow. That's like, (laughs) you're responsible for all the vegan hate mail we get now. (laughs) Oh my God, please. They can handle it. But like, you know, my favorite part of the whole story is how they got caught because, well, it was her and her husband, maybe not like her and her like partner person. They got caught because she ordered a Domino's pizza. (laughs) And it was like, it was. Which is how you know she's really vegan. I know, right? It was like Domino's. uh, It's like, yeah, the the detective is such a dick. He's like, I have excellent intelligence that Strangus ordered the pizza and wings. And the thing is that, like, in her interview with the New York Post, she, like, insists that, like, she's still a devout vegan. Like, that's really important to her to convey in this moment. This article is crazy because. For as long as it is, there's so many unanswered questions. It's true, but it does have such gems. Like, there's this quote from a chef who worked for her who said, quote, she's thrown stools, grapefruits, and phones at me. (laughs) 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your painful, abusive workplace, like, chef. But, like, oh, my God, who is making the Lifetime original movie of this story? I I know. But, you know, I'm also sad because, like, that place, Pure Food, was delicious. This is, like, so funny. Okay, yeah, that is the the truth of the matter is that high-end vegan food is something that I really love. (laughs) It's true. My favorite part also, it's like when she asked for a vegan diet at Rikers, they obviously like denied her because the criminal justice system is awful. But then this line is so sad. She says she makes do with peanut butter sandwiches, bananas, apples, and fresh sliced cucumber. And I'm like, that is so cruel. I don't know. Is it any crueler than your standard vegan lifestyle? Oh my God. It's just like... It's so crazy. Ugh. Okay, but you want to know what the other crazy vegan story in the news is? Hit me. Vegan dies climbing Mount Everest trying to prove that vegans are strong. <laughs> so, Sorry. I know, you're a bad person, Anne. So, <laughs> I'm covering my mouth because I don't want to be recorded laughing at that. <laughs> <laughs> you're a bad person, you laughed. So here's the thing. I am very sad that people lost their lives on Mount Everest. Four people, to be exact. 
what is strange to me about this whole construct is that I was not aware that it was a thing that we thought that like vegans were too weak to do like physical activities. Yeah. I never once thought that don't all vegans like do recreational rock climbing. I know. Right. But yeah, it's crazy. So like the, the, one of the women who like died on the summit, the one that all of the articles are about, it's like the quote from her is that like, it seems that people have this warped idea of vegans being malnourished and weak by climbing seven summits. We want to prove that vegans can do anything and more. And I was like, this is crazy. I just, like, didn't know that it was a thing. Obviously, like, by all means, everybody's free to adopt the diet that they feel is right for them. A plant-based diet is very healthy, we have been told. <laughs> but, like, vegan comedy will always be lolio to me. Oh, I mean, tragic comedy. I know. This is, like, very sad. And I feel like we're back to square one of needing laugh therapy. I do feel like a bad person for laughing at that. I know. Well, we're not laughing at the fact that somebody has lost their lives. That is, like, very sad. Right, we're laughing at the idea that you might need to disprove a non-existent stereotype about vegans being weak. I know, like, vegans always look like the healthy skin and lustrous and shit. I'm like, I don't know about this. I feel like you could always see all of, like, vegans' muscles at the surface. They're like, they look like the, like, it's like the bodies exhibit with, like, a thin coating. They're very, like, striated. <laughs> Tell me things that, like, made you laugh today. Honestly, it was that article from 2013. I'm trying to think what else. What else was a lull today? One thing that made me lull on the internet is uh, Helen Hunt's uh, Twitter account. (laughs) Have you seen this? Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. Please enlighten me. Um, Okay. I'm just going to read the tweet from Helen Hunt. Ordered my drink at Starbucks. Asked the barista if she wanted my name. She winked and said, we gotcha. Hashtag Jodie Foster. And then there, there is a picture of her Starbucks tea. Um, and it's like written on it is Jodie with a Y. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of the interview magazine convo between uh, Jodie Foster and Sigourney Weaver. Oh my God, it wasn't. It was Jamie Lee Curtis and Sigourney Weaver. I have just <laughs> added to the problem. <laughs> White woman, White face woman blindness. blindness, but like, but seriously, like the I, I get it. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I feel that Starbucks barista. Love your work, Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's crazy. But celebrity face blindness is real. I mean, I, I think it's a special art. I always, when I have friends who are visiting, who I know would be good at spotting like celebrities and figuring out who is who. Cause sometimes when you see them in the wild, you're like, I don't, I know you're a famous person, but like, I can't remember where I've seen you. Or maybe if you're like my friend's mom and I forgot about it, that like familiarity without recognition. Yeah. I'm also like, also I definitely have like white person face blindness. There's like three white women faces and there's like two dude faces. And unless I have a personal relationship with you, like they all blend into each other. That's fair. Oh, we both went to see Beyonce and didn't talk about it. Oh my god. You know, it's because I don't have words. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I will say this, that for a very long time, you have been a proponent of the large stadium show, and I have not been willing to spend the money. However... I had a, mo- a revelation, and this was like before Prince died, but definitely like the, a motivating factor in buying those Beyonce tickets was like, 
are you really going to wait for like an evening with Beyonce when she's like past the peak of her power? Not saying she's peaking right now, but like, you know, when she's kind of like nearing retirement and is not doing the full thing that she is doing now. And I was like, no, I'm going to go now. Obviously. What are you talking about? She's near retirement. I'm not. I'm saying that like in a, in a, in a, in the future, someday she will retire or die. Nature's retirement. Like it's gonna happen. Nature. Yeah. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't even. I can't even hang with the, where you're going. And what? But listen. But yeah, this so you went to see Beyonce. Seize the day. This is what I'm trying to say. Is like I was like, now is the time to see Beyonce. I got over the like the cost that I had to pay to see Beyonce at like a reasonable distance, and I have no regrets, and I have no words for how incredible it was. Like I was a very casual Beyonce fan until I saw her live. The first time I saw her live, I was like, I don't care what kind of music you put out. I will go see you all the time. I can't even imagine you being a casual Beyonce fan. Like, shocking. I was was a very casual Beyonce fan. And it's true. It's like, even like getting into the albums, like sometimes it's hard for me. But like, when I see her live, I like, I cannot deny. I just like cannot deny what an incredible artist she is. I was so close for this show. It like, it was incredible. Even DJ Khaled, like bringing out like E-40 and Too Short, like that was worth the price of admission alone. So it's like everything was great after that. Also at the um, Santa Clara show, <laughs> some guy like proposed to his girlfriend in the parking lot and everybody lost their shit. It was the funniest thing in the world to me. Wait, really? And I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he like proposed to his girlfriend in the parking lot and like hundreds of people started screaming at the same time. I was like, this is the best worst idea ever. Like, good for you. I mean, good for you. If like, that's what I would do if I were like a little bit unsure about the answer. Cause I'm like, you're going to say yes on like the heady night of seeing Beyonce live. Like I would say yes to anything. <laughs> like, you know, like I feel like, <laughs> listen, any man who is secure enough to like ask his girlfriend to marry him after the lemonade tour. Like, <laughs> like I'm like, those are going to last forever. Okay, well, I don't know if at your show she did this, but the one that I saw, she was definitely like, this is my favorite song on the album. And it was like reconciliation song at the end of the album. You know what I mean? There was like a lot of like, Oh yeah. That's, I mean, that's the whole, that's her whole shtick. Exactly. Like, and so I don't know, like maybe this, maybe this guy had done something. Beyonce's that friend that tells you to break up with your boyfriend and then she goes home to her husband. Like, never forget. I'm shocked that you're saying this about Beyonce. I love Beyonce, but it's, like, true. Mm. It's, like, you know, like, people just, like, project a lot of their own, like, what they're feeling. And I was, like, no, this is, like, an art project. Like, Beyonce and Jay-Z have a joint album, like, dropping any day now. Like, they're fine. Oh, sure. I mean, it's, like, it is a it is a Bill and Hill style, like, House of Cards style, like, union. It is not something... No, I, re- I really don't think so. I think that... I like, think it is. I think that they're, like, a very much, like, truly in love and, like, like amazing capitalists who see all of the insane news in the media about them and they're so tight-lipped about it and then they just, like... They're like, we're going to F with all of you guys. I think that all of that is true. And also it's calculated. I don't know. I I guess maybe we're using it in a different context too, where I'm sort of like a power couple sees the like potential for their union as like bigger than just like, I love you or I'm happy with you. Like, I think that is definitely true of them. That's fair. That's fair. It's not like they are merely like allies or business partners. But I think that, like... No, they're, like, you know, uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce are also, like, vegan moguls. Like, oh, to bring this I all, mean, like, full I mean, trying circle. to be. 
Oh my god. Sorry, like, but like trying to be. <laughs> my favorite is when Jay-Z went on that like 21 day like vegan thing and Beyonce trolled him every day by wearing like, animal prints. Like uh, one day she legit wore like an entire cow outfit. I was like, this is Was a- that the pizza bodysuit era? Yeah, I was like, this is incredible on so many levels. I mean. And, and every day Jay-Z's like day three of the 21 day vegan challenge. <laughs> and then she even made Khaled go vegan. Oh, scene. Scene. I'm like, the DJ Khaled vegan, like, uh, snaps were so sad. I was like, I don't want to eat that. I know. Like, like seven, day, seven days of it. He didn't want to eat it. Chef D didn't want to have any of it. Like, the whole thing was crazy. I mean, this is just the power of Beyonce. Like, it sends to the stomachs of the men in her orbit. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so real. So real. Man, how much vegan hate mail do you think we're going to get? We're going to get so much. And here's the truth of the matter is that I like vegan food. <laughs> That's what Me I'm going to be too. like, jokes I on you. I eat vegan you. food all the time. <laughs> you know why we like, you know why we love to make fun of vegans is because they take themselves too seriously. I think that's what it is. And you know what? Like, I also have to say that, like, the performative aspect of, like, the first days of being vegan or, like, the whole 21 day or, like, DJ Khaled doing his thing. Like, that part of it, I'm a little bit like, ugh. I feel, I feel like it how I feel about fitness challenges, which is strong disinterest slash Totally. Also, yeah. like, yeah. Also, like, food as purity. Like, I will always make fun of you if you're into that kind of stuff. So if you are about to write us like hate mail about being a vegan, take a deep, deep breath because we're going to laugh when we read your email and then not respond to it. And just know that I think that eating animals on a personal level is kind of gross, even though I don't care if other people do. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, I don't know. We'll see. I've, I'm, I'm interested in the hate mail check in. I know. It's going to be so funny. Just take like a very deep breath before you write us because we will clown you. 100 percent yeah exactly we will read <laughs> we will read your email <laughs> we will clown you 100 percent. oh my yep. god on that note i think i'm gonna go eat this steak <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna eat a ginormous steak frites for dinner oh my god actually i just realized that my dinner which is a white person thai curry thing is gonna be it's gonna be actually technically vegan <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy. Listen, we read Mark Bittman in this family. We're all vegan before eight. We know, we know, we know. It's true. Okay, on that note. (laughs) On that note, oh my God, we're going to get so much hate mail. I can't wait. Oh my God. Okay, so where can the people find us on the internet, Amina? (laughs) They can find us many places on the internet. Callyourgirlfriend.com. You can email us at callyrgf at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at callyrgf you can um even find us on facebook please look that up on your own you can instagram us at callyrgf and then i'm doing this from memory so i don't know the phone number no one leaves this voicemail anyway this podcast is produced by gina del this podcast is produced by gina (laughs) thanks for letting me complain (laughs) see you on the internet boo See you on the internet, boo.